Praise God. What an incredible assembling of God's people up here in the woods. Let's just lift our hands and give God the praise. What an incredible start. Our very first annual camp out. Let's give him praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I would be remiss if I did not just take one second and give a whole lot of thanks and honor to Brother Chris Hurls, the camp coordinator. Brother Chris has done an incredible job. If any of you have any questions about anything, there's been a few questions regarding uh, swim times because we've had to divide it up due to the uh, the arrangements of, of where the water is. You can talk to Brother Chris about that. And uh, any other questions, you can direct to him. We appreciate him so very, very much. Amen. Wow. It just feels good. 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 And uh, you don't want to miss one service uh, here tomorrow morning, as has already been mentioned, uh, Brother Jared Marks, the pastor from Sandpoint, is going to be here doing the morning devotion, and then we're going to have a great time of just fellowshipping and having fun in the woods, and uh, looking forward to that. We are delighted to have the entire uh, Cody Marks family here. Amen. Amen. As some of you well know, it's a big deal to get your family together and get them to all go in the same direction at the same time. And we at Cornerstone appreciate very much uh, them taking the effort, taking the time to be here as a family and uh, love this family dearly. And uh, they are tremendous. Brother Cody Marks is one of the preeminent evangelists in the world today. We're honored and delighted to have him with us. Would you make him feel welcome as he comes? Come, Brother Marks, in Jesus' name. Praise God. Well, I didn't know what to expect. Um, I didn't know if we were going to sit around a campfire and sing Kumbaya, or, but I'm already pleasantly surprised. Praise God. Aren't you thankful for what you feel here tonight? I'd like to say that I am very grateful to uh, the Mayos and Cornerstone Church for making it possible for not just myself, but my entire family to be here. And um, I understand the sacrifices involved in that. And thank you very much. And as always, the hospitality is first class. I only see one potential problem. And... Um, the problem that I see um, possibly forming, God bless you, here tonight is um, if there's a great anointing that comes while I'm preaching, um, I don't know what we're going to do about um, 
this idea that we have to have suits and ties to have church. Praise God. Hallelujah. Brother Sergeant's in my corner if nobody else is. I'm already liking this. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's lift our hands one more time all over this building and raise our voices. Jesus' name. You can be seated. I'm going to do my best. I have to do the will of God. I have really sought the face of the Lord about these these three meetings, and um, came fairly certain um, about direction. Um, and the closer we got, um, I began to feel um, more and more things, and I'm like, well, now I've got to try to sort through all of this. And anyways, um, this afternoon, um, back in the room, the Lord took me back somewhere, and I've been doing this long enough now to now question him in regards to things like this. And I knew immediately when he began to take me back to a couple of places in my mind that he was doing that um, for the purpose of this session tonight. I remember, um, actually it happened um, twice, uh, my wife and I were privileged to go on a tour of the Holy Land. And then later on, we went back for the tour of the, church of, the churches of Asia, seven churches, excuse me. And um, I remember in Jerusalem um, it happening, and it was just briefly, but um, we see in to a glass darkly, and oftentimes when these experiences happen for me, I just pick little pieces up here and there, and it's, I've learned it's a little while. There's a feeling that comes with it, but I know eventually it'll come clear, and I'll know what's happening. I remember, I don't remember exactly where we were at. I remember on that trip, though, to Israel, um, seeing for the first time with my eyes one of the the old, old, old mosaics. And this particular mosaic was, um, was, on a, was on a wall. And I remember standing there, and it just kind of captivated my attention. Again, I didn't, there was no great thundering. I didn't hear some audible voice. It was just a feeling. It just kind of had a feeling about it. 
And this particular mosaic was, uh, there was four or five different materials. I was standing there looking at it that they had used. And this particular mosaic was a depiction of uh, Mary at the feet of Jesus and the broken alabaster box. I remember standing there just looking at it and just kind of moved me. And I, I knew it was more than just the story. Just something about it moved me. And so we go back to, we go back to Turkey. And we start going to these different places. And I, it's like um, those old things that you used to do when you were a kid. You connect the dots. It's kind of how this goes, the way God works in my mind. And... We ran across a couple of more places where we were there where there were mosaics. One in particular that come back to me this afternoon was a mosaic that was actually in the floor of this place that we went into. And I remember the person um, that was there that was talking to us about it. Um, at this particular time, we didn't walk on it. It was roped off, but it was under construction under repair, but typically the public walked on this mosaic. And I remember questioning him because I heard him say that this particular mosaic was anywhere from 2,000 to 2,500 years old. And I remember why I questioned him because why, first of all, I didn't understand why something that old that the public was allowed to traffic through this. And he explained to me that while these mosaics are protected and it is one of the only art forms literally in the world that experts have actually just said there's, there's nothing to comp it to, um, there's no way to even put a value on certain mosaics that are notorious around the world. He said, but the reason, this particular one, the reason that the public is allowed to traffic across it is, he said, because the mosaics have proven their longevity has been proven. And he said, he pointed out to me, I remember standing there, and again, it's just like going back to Jerusalem. I remember it was that same feeling, and I connected another dot. And so longevity was a word that stood out. He said, it's the longevity. He said, if you'll pay attention. He said, the, the broken, the pieces there, he said, there's, there's wear along the edges. He said, but you'll, you'll see that, he said, those, that's, that's originally, original coloring there. And so he brought to my attention that it being the only art that every, every art that is of value is something that is, Handled as if it were very fragile, uh, but, but mosaics, they've learned there's, there's a sense of durability. There's longevity there, and I, I mark that in my mind. And I walked away from that moment. It was a time, a time later, months, and I had an experience I can't remember ever going back to these two separate incidences. I knew I had connected those, but I, I don't remember going back there. This kind of stuff happens to me all the time. Just stay with me. I know this is weird, but I'm headed somewhere. And 
I'm, I'm, I have this experience, and um, I, I don't remember uh, a whole lot about it, but I remember just enough to remember how impacting it was. In fact, all of the things that God has ever shown me in this afternoon in prayer, I was going back through my mind, it's probably, it probably left an impression on me as strong as anything visually that God has given me that I knew came from God. I walk in this room, in this experience, I walk in this room in a dream and a vision. I walk into this room, and when I walk into this room, the floor is, is concrete. And I don't remember much about the furnishings in the room because that was not what was important. I just remember walking in and noting that the floor was concrete. And I turn, when I walk in this room, I turn and I look to the right. And when I look up to the right, I see shelves. Um, there were three or four shelves. And I, I, I begin to make my way up those shelves. I'm looking at the things that are on these shelves. And... As I'm moving up the wall, I notice on the very top shelf, way out of reach, it, this room, there had to be 15-foot ceilings at least. And at the very top shelf, there was one, there was one lone vessel. One. And as I'm standing there, I'm, I'm making notation. There's, there's a reason that it's on that top shelf. I wish I had the vocabulary tonight to describe to you, and I'm not even, I'm not into art. That's not my thing. But I wish I could describe to you how immediately I was enthralled, drawn in, almost in a trance, the beauty and the exquisiteness of this piece. The shape, the color, and I'm standing there, and I am, I'm taken I am completely taken, rendered speechless as I am admiring this piece and noting that someone else has great admiration because they have placed it out of what they thought was harm's way. And I'm, I'm, I'm standing there in the beauty of this, this vessel I thought about this and thought about it more this afternoon. I think there's a reason behind this. There was no strong wind. There was no, the earth didn't tremble. There was no earthquake. Um, no one come through the room. There was nothing that slammed against the wall. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure what it was. In fact, I believe the Lord left it that way. So in moments like this, I could retell this and it could minister to us. But all of a sudden, as I'm setting, standing there and I'm, I am, I am in deep appreciation of this invaluable piece, this work, this art. I watch it. No warning, no wind, no force slams against the wall, no adversary, no foul play that I can remember. And all of a sudden, I watch as this vessel tips off of this shelf. Everything goes into slow motion. End over end. I remember in this, in this experience that God gave me, I remember wanting to do something. 
because I knew what was inevitably coming. I knew what awaited. I knew, I knew how this was going to end. I knew the conclusion. I had already noted the concrete floor. It was the first thing that I noticed when I walked into the room. I knew what was fixing to happen. But I felt completely incapable in regards to breaking its fall. And all I could do was stand there with my mouth gaping open as I watched this vessel in slow motion end over end. I watched it topple and turn its way until finally it hit the ground. Bam. And when it hit the ground, I can, I can close my eyes, and, and it was so real that I can remember what it sounded like when this vessel, when it hit the ground, and it, it began to shatter in a million pieces. Broken pieces, shard, shards of this, what had been once such a valuable, cherished piece. Now, now I am now I am no longer celebrating its beauty in this safe place on a shelf. But now I am I am grieving its end as I'm looking, surveying. I am now it's now I am no longer the audience of something beautiful. But now I am surveying the the damage that looks at least to me to be irreparable. I remember the utter hopelessness, ladies and gentlemen. I remember the utter hopelessness that came over me physically. I can, I can, I can relive as I close my eyes right now. I can remember how I, I physically was sick. This, uh, just, just the thought of something uh, of, of such great value, and now it's broken. And there, there is, there is, there. This cannot be restored. This cannot be fixed. This is, it, it's, it's coming. It's coming to grip with finality this there's there's no way that anything could be do, done about this and i i'm looking as if, as if i am supposed to to do something about it but there's nothing i can do and and all of a sudden for the first time in my life for the first time in my life, I have preached from this text, but for the first time in my life, I can relate to what the prophet felt like when God brought him over and let him look into that valley of dry bones. And God asked him that question, can these bones live? And for the first time in my life, that made sense what that prophet, the man of God, was going through because I, I could repeat back to God as the prophet repeated or as he spoke to God, God, only you know. There is nothing I can do to fix this. There is nothing I can do to repair this. Stay with me. Stay with me. I, 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 I hope before we finish that, I, that God will allow me to minister to every person in this building. But I want to I wanna minister to some people specifically. And maybe, maybe tonight's the only night you can be here. Maybe that's why God's asked me to do this. And I know this is a little bit evangelistic, but you just let me minister to somebody in this place right now. I have no doubt as I've moved my way through this that you and your mind have already gone to what that, what that vessel is attached 
type of in your life. A situation, a relationship, a dream, an aspiration. You know what it is. In your mind, God has already helped you connect the dots. Maybe it was a marriage. Maybe it was a job. Maybe it was a ministry. Maybe it's something to do with your family. But you, life, come on. I don't know what it was at top of it, but you know what it is. In fact, I'm talking to somebody right now. You could tell me probably the day on the calendar that it happened. You could tell me the time in which you took the call or the news came to you. And everything, everything in your life that was in order and together, there it is. Come on, in all of its beauty and its grandeur. And all of a sudden, something happened. You didn't plan for this. Come on, you didn't plan for this. You didn't see this coming. And now there it is. Everything broken disarray and I'm saying God I feel compelled to do something about this but I only you know because there's no way the pieces are so broken that there is no way even if you were to locate every broken piece there is there is no way that this could ever be put pieced back together. And if by, by chance somebody could find every piece and it was put back together, it would, never, it would never look like it was before. And I am sitting there grieving as you are grieving over the end of something, the finality of something. Come on, I'm preaching to somebody right now. And all of a sudden, as I am surveying this hopeless situation, I watch the hand with an extended finger. I watched it move into that room and everything went from slow motion to fast forward and I watched that finger take a piece from over here and take a piece from over there and take a piece from over here and take a piece And Brother Mayo, very quickly, I watched what I believe, I'm confident, was the hand of God as he collected all of these broken pieces, the shreds of this situation. Are you hearing me right now? The bits and the pieces of this brokenness. And I watched God gather all of these broken pieces, the shrapnel of all of these circumstances. And when I stepped back, I realized it's not a vessel anymore, but God has just made the most beautiful mosaic that I have ever seen in my life. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not talking about the brush, the stroke of a brush. I'm not talking about a Michelangelo. I'm talking about Jesus Christ, the master of mosaics. He is the master of taking broken pieces. Hallelujah. 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 If I've ever been in the Holy Ghost, I'm in the Holy Ghost right now. You did more than carry bags into this camp meeting. You did more than carry a backpack into this camp meeting. You brought more than a cooler to this camp meeting. Somebody carried broken pieces into this meeting wondering, will anything ever come out of this? I'm telling you, God knows how to arrange all of this and take something ugly and make it beautiful. God knows how to take hopeless situations. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It'll never be what it was. Exactly. Exactly. You can't keep 
keep eating the ashes of what was. You'll never metabolize any life off of the ashes. You'll never grow trying to digest ashes. It'll never be what it was. You're right, it'll never be what it was, but it'll be better than what it was. It'll be stronger than what it was. It'll be greater than what it was. Hallelujah. 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 I don't know what it was. Hallelujah. I don't know what toppled. I don't know how long it's been broken. I don't know what broke it. Maybe you were the one that did it. Maybe you made the decision. Don't sit there tonight and feel like, well, I'm the one that caused it to fall off of the wall. Let me tell you, God is the master of mosaics. He is the master of picking up messes and making miracles. I know it's a play on words. I know it's a play on words. But the Holy Ghost went all over me today when I thought there's a reason. He's called the Messiah. He's the Messiah. Come on, let this imprint, make an imprint in your mind. He's the Messiah. He's in the business of taking messes and redeeming them. He is the Messiah. He's in the business. And so, if you go to Google tonight, if you've got enough service, and you Google the most famous mosaics, you'll find, you'll find that most of them that cannot be valued, ironically enough, are depictions of Bible stories. Catholic churches across the world that the building, the edifice itself, the stones and the sticks that construct its structure, not that valuable in themselves, but these sanctuaries, these cathedrals are valued up in the multi-multi-millions because of the broken pieces that an artist assembled. And we call it a mosaic. And the most famous mosaics in the world are depictions of nothing other than Bible stories. That is not irony, ladies and gentlemen. That is not coincidental. And I take you back with me to Turkey where that guy looked at the floor and said, we figured out one thing about this art. It's different than all other kinds of art. There's longevity here and there's testimonies. There's testimony. You see some people that are quick to your feet. You know why they're quick to their feet? Come on, they're testifying what God puts together. Come on, there's longevity. 20 years later, I'm still here. 30 years later, I'm still here. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I'm not here condoning, I'm not here condoning sin, but the likelihood that the vessel remains on the shelf, come on, is not very good. I'm talking about all of us. All of us have fallenness in our nature. Come on, likelihood of that vessel never being removed. Come on, it's not very likely. Come on, but I'm telling you, that's not going to affect, that's not going to impact very many people. Come on. But God gathering the broken 
fullness and the remains of the mess and putting this back together. What God's doing in your life right now is going to impact the world. People are going to see a difference. You've got a testimony. You didn't have a testimony before. You've got a testimony now. He's a master. He's a master of mosaics. He's the master of taking all these broken pieces. And arranging them in such a way. That it tells a story. Oh God. You came into this building tonight wanting to know deep down in your soul. If there's anything redeemable. You just have to forgive me the first night Jesus was willing to leave the 99 to find the one. And I understand it's the majority of us that I'm probably not talking to tonight. But the majority will forgive me as I minister to the minority here tonight. Your life as of late has been surveying the damage and living with the question, where to from here? Or even worse than that, is there anywhere from here? God wants to take all this and put something back together that's going to last. There's a lot of vine hands in the world that you and I are living in, but there's only one pair that can take this and do something with it, and they're nail scarred. Alcohol and drugs, whether they're illegal or sadly the world we're living in now, legal. Even those hands are vying for the brokenness, but it just creates more brokenness. If you don't hear this preacher tonight, you're going to get right out of bad one, this bad situation, right into another bad one. There's a pattern here, and you know I'm right. somebody to be bold enough, brave enough 
audacious enough tonight to lift up your head and ask the Lord, would you give me a hand here? Preacher's saying you can do something with this. I don't see out in the world. You live the rest. You can live the rest of your life. Hear me? You can live the rest of your life trying to figure out what happened or what you should have done or shouldn't have done or I should have seen the warning signs or it's it's not going to change. God can work with this. God can work with what the psychiatrist can't. I dealt with someone in the altar just a few weeks ago. Interestingly enough, it's a long story. I don't have time to go into the whole story, but what shook her up is she got, she had gotten so low and gotten she had the brokenness was so great you don't think God sees people's sincerity she never she'd never stepped into the door of a church apostolic church she'd been in other kinds of churches she said I'm, I am I am embarrassed to admit this to you, she said, but have you ever seen those houses? She said at night that have the illuminated little signs in the windows, palm readers and tarot card. She said, I, I was so desperate. She said, I would have never. She said, I would have. She said, I would have castigated friends if I would have known. She said, I would have never imagined myself. The people who are low, man, when they're desperate, they'll, you just. And Brother Mayo, she sits down. You talk about a testimony. She sits down and she said, there's this curtain that's made of long beads. And she said, she sits down. When she walked in the door, she said, some bell went off. And she said, a voice came from beyond that, those beads that were in that doorway. It said, sit down, I'll be right with you. And she sits she said, I didn't want it. right when I felt like it couldn't get any lower, she said, all of a sudden I felt like somehow I went a little lower. And she said, when this woman walked out from beyond the beach, she said, I had the first, my first thought, Zach, she said, I thought to myself, that woman's got more problems than I got. And said, she stopped and just kind of looked at me. And she said, she sat down and she picked up my hands and started doing her stuff and said she she said she picked up some cards and laid them out she said she she said I'm not supposed to tell you this she said but I can't come up with any answers she said I can't help you 
She said, it's black. She said, that's all I see. And she said, great. It's gotten so bad that the, the palm reader, who I just gave money to, gave me my money back and told me they couldn't help me. She said, I stood up. She said, I went to grab the door handle of the door. And she said, never told anybody this has come in here before. She said, but there's a church right down the road around the corner. And it just happened to be True Tabernacle, the Tim Lackey pastors of Fresno, California. Yeah. So, yes, even when it's this bad, God specializes. You know what the world will tell you? The world will tell you you're a candidate for suicide. Huh? You know what the world will tell you? The world will tell you you're a candidate to be an addict. The world will tell you you're a candidate for, for, a, diagno or, or for a diagnosis or a prognosis of schizophrenia or bipolar disorder. That's what the world will tell you. The, the world will tell you you're a candidate for somebody else who needs antidepressants. When I look at your situation through the lens of the Bible, you know what the Bible says? You're a perfect candidate for a miracle. You're a perfect candidate for a blessing. You're a perfect candidate for your life to be turned around. You're a perfect candidate. Somebody just like that woman, life's gotten to the point where the tarot card reader can't even help you. And you grab the door and there's a voice saying, there's a camp over there. Maybe you didn't come here expected to, expecting for someone to speak into your life, but that's what I'm attempting to do right now. Visitor. New convert, and I even feel tonight very strong in my spirit to go as far as to say, even if you've been raised around the church your whole life, God can take this, He can take these situations too. If you would, I want you to connect. Let's stand. Connect with somebody. I'm finished. I'm asking this church to hang on with me. When I get through, when I get through with you Sunday, you, you'll be wishing I'd gone back to doing this every night. But I'll minister to you. Just hang on. You just let me do what I feel tonight. I'm going to say it one more time. I'm, I'm talking to guests. I'm talking to newcomers. But I, I keep feeling compelled to tell somebody. This, this little master of mosaic stuff, it's applicable to people that have been around the church your whole life too because life has a way at times, situations, stuff can blow up in your face. God knows how to take all that and arrange all that 
and make something beautiful. Close your eyes and lift your voice. I want you to pray. Pray. I want you to pray with desperation right now. Here's what I want. Here's what I want. Here's what I want to do. If you'll help me, this is what I want to do. The master, the master of mosaics has moved. He's moved his way into this service. Maybe your brokenness is public. Maybe it's externally so bad that Everybody knows. Maybe, maybe it's so fresh that nobody knows. And I'm not here trying to expose something that you're trying to keep secret. That's not what I'm trying to do. But if you're here and you brought brokenness to this meeting, but you're willing to submit it into the hands of the Master, the Messiah, the Redeemer. He did, ladies and gentlemen, he did, let me remind you, he did step in to darkness, voidness. He did. In fact, that's the way his book starts. Right out of the chute, he's trying to set a precedent, Brother Mayo. This is my business. Stepping into dark worlds God. where it's void and without purpose. My business is stepping into dark worlds and turning the light on. So if you brought brokenness and you're willing to bring it to this altar, there's nothing to be ashamed of. I'm telling you, somebody comes down here don't go probing later trying to figure out what's going on. That's not what we're here to do. That's not what we're here for. I want these people to be able to move in a few moments and, and still have privacy if that's what they need. But if there's brokenness, 
and you've brought it, but now you're willing to bring it to this altar. I want you to step out internally, externally, emotionally. I want you to come stand around the front of this building right now. Come on, right now. I don't care if everybody knows or nobody knows. I don't care if it's just you and your wife. I don't care if it's physical. I don't care if it's emotional. I don't. Come on. Well, maybe I wasn't preaching to the minority. Come on. There you go. Now I just want you to take your hands and just lift them to God and offer the broke offer the brokenness to him. Here, you try your hand at this. Come on, lift your voice. You put your hands on this. You put your hands on this, God. You speak into this. I need the rest of you to help me pray. I need you to get behind somebody. I need you to get beside somebody. He's the master of mosaics. He's the master of mosaics. Come on, would you help me pray for somebody? If you're not up here for yourself, would you help me pray for somebody? God's going to make something beautiful. Come on, the old song says, all I had to offer him was brokenness and strife. But he made something beautiful out of my life. stop lift your voice cry out to God for this I know you didn't plan for this but God's a master God's a master in these kind of situations I didn't see this coming I didn't see this coming I didn't see this coming Restore your marriage. God. 
God can restore your mind. Come on, somebody's got to help me pray. Come on, this is Holy Ghost business. This is Holy Ghost business right now. God can restore your purity. God can restore your chastity. God can restore it right now. Keep praying. God's at work. God's at work. God's at work. Give it to God. Give it to God. Give it to God. You got to give it to God. If you don't give it to God, you're going to get bitter. If you don't give it to God, the devil's going to take it. And if the devil takes it, he's going to do worse with it than what's already been done. God's restoring. You hear me? There's restoration power. Come on. It's so real in my ear, it's almost audible. There's restoration power in this place right now. Come on, talk in tongues. Come on, talk in tongues. Come on, talk in tongues. Somebody take your marriage back. Somebody take your marriage back. Take your family back. It's been two months from hell. I'm telling somebody, it's been two months from hell. Come on, let God in there. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Come on, let God work. God work. Suicide's not the answer. Divorce is not the answer. I don't know if you can hear me, but divorce is not the answer. The master of mosaics. The master of mosaics. Ba 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 ya ra ra ba ya sa ta ya ra ba ha ya. Hi ya ya 
Come on, it started. It started at family camp. It started on a Friday night. I'm talking to somebody that almost didn't come. You almost talked yourself out of coming. It's not over. I know it feels like it's over, but I'm speaking to you. There is a where from here. Come on, there's a prophetic word. Did you hear me? There is a where from here. There is a where from here. And it's wondrous. And it's beautiful. And it's great. And it's lovely. Something beautiful that has long. 
longevity and life and value. He's going to tell another Bible story with your life. Oh, soak it up, soak it up been hopelessness long enough you need to soak up this hope yeah but I'm different yeah but my situation's different no 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 no
this is going to, I'm, I'm stretching you here to tell you this. I, I just want to give you something to cling to, okay? If, if you'll, if you'll leave this in God's hands. There's the key. I'm not against marriage counselors, but some of the stuff I'm speaking to tonight, there's nobody's hands in the world, nobody except God's that can do something with this. Listen, hear what I'm telling you. Uh, I'm, I, sometimes, okay, you're here. Let me, let me give you an illustration. You're here. I want to get you here. And to get you here, sometimes i got to do something way over here. I know you, I can't get you here. I, this is ultimately where I want you. But sometimes i got to go that far to even move you to here. So that's, where I'm, that's why I'm going to make this statement. And you're going to have to chew on this. But if you'll leave this in God's hands, sooner than you think, I promise you, listen to what I'm telling you, you'll be able to say, I wouldn't have chosen it. but I wouldn't change it. See there, I knew it'd feel that way because I'm, I'm saying something way over there. But I'm telling you, if you leave this in God's hands, when this is over, you'll say there's not, there's not, there's not a chance in the world I would have chosen that. But when you see what God's going to do with this situation, if it's left in his hands, you can't take this in your own hands. Unforgiveness, you got it in your hands. Anger and bitterness, vengeance, you got it in your hands. But if you leave this in God's hands, you'll say that not in a million years would I have ever chosen that. But you give it, you give it some time and you see what God can do with this, and you'll say, I wouldn't change one thing. And you mark, mark. Mark what I'm telling you right now, even though it's hard for you to believe. You mark what I'm telling you. Somehow, when God gets finished, somehow when God gets finished, the life that you will have will be so beautiful and so fulfilling that you won't even really remember the details. I'm just telling you. Never, 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 never forget. I never, Sister Sergeant, question why God gave me that experience. Because that's the world we're living in. I can minister to people better with that. Because I know what we're dealing with. I know you feel like right now this is the end of the world, but it's not. It's not. So you leave this meeting with hope. He's the master of taking broken things and arranging them in such a way that you have to give him glory. How many, how many has God ever done something like this for you? You can't take credit for you. You don't have enough brains. You have to give him glory. 
You have to say, look what the Lord has done. You guys come, you guys come get these mics. Give me some singers. I, I want to leave tonight telling him how big and great he is. I want to sing that old chorus, uh, How Great Thou Art. Come on, give me some singers. I thank God. A God like this, I think, I think he needs to be told how great he is. Anybody got a few minutes just to give him praise before we?
Jesus! 